My name is Ravinda Srikdas. Uh, I'm the writer of this book. Srila Prabhupada, the founder of Charya Iskand. This is a, put out by the Srila Prabhupada's position committee, one of their uh, productions. Uh, Dr. Bhaiwaba Swami has made this, uh, this uh, keynote uh, presentation, which is to summarize everything. This is, this, this will also be available uh, for people to, to access and take home and use. Uh, just to give an overview, a summary of, of this book. This book is designated by the GBC as a GBC foundational document. So it's not just my personal uh, book, but it's uh, got full stamp of approval by the governing body commission who published this book and was able to get funding for it so it's handed out to everybody free of charge. So this is just an overview uh, assigned to investigate uh, Srila Prabhupada's uh, position uh, especially as founder Acharya. That was the key term defines his position. Uh, so we'll start with just uh, four questions to deal with. Uh, uh, what is Srila Prabhupada's position as founder Charya? Uh, this will, from this we want to be able to understand the relationship between Srila Prabhupada, between his organization ISKCON, and between Srila Prabhupada and ISKCON's members, not all generations, as long as there's an ISKCON, its members both collectively and individually. So in order to answer this question, uh, we have to deal with uh, four other uh, uh, questions. So the first question is, that, uh, where did the title Founder Acharya originate? And what does it signify? The second question is, did Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur use this title Founder Acharya? And in what manner did Srila Prabhupada accept this title. Third question, why a new organization? Why ISKCON? Why did Prabhupada start ISKCON rather than continue within the institution already established by his own spiritual master? Now, what will be the benefits that we will get for the ISKCON's future uh, when we are able to fully understand Srila Prabhupada's position as founder Charya. I must say that in doing this research, um, I was surprised at what I discovered. I first wrote a short document, maybe six pages, uh, uh, which I sent to our committee and they approved of it, kind of 
just from the heart what Prabhupada's position is, and they said it's great. Now write a commentary. So most of this book is commentary on that. And when I was started the commentary, is when I found many things I didn't know before. So we have to uh, discover a great deal of what what Prabhupada gave us. Sometimes you're given something and it takes you a long time to fully appreciate what what you've been uh, uh, gifted with. So what's the origin and the early use of founder Acharya? Here I was investigating the English language literature of the Gaudiya Mat. Their main preaching was English because their focus of the Gaudiya Mat uh, was uh, preaching to the West. That was their biggest aim. And as we'll see, they spent a, a great deal of time, effort, and energy, and money in their English language work long before anyone went to the West. So we find the title Founder Charya shows up in a very prominent place in a book called Sri Krishna Chaitanya. Uh, here's a, uh, this was uh, written by the author, uh, disciple of Bhakti Siddhanta Nishikant Sanyal, together with Bhakti Siddhanta. And you see this is the title page, uh, Sri Krishna Chaitanya, volume one. It was a projected three-volume work, and it was prepared for the preachers going to the West. In 1933, they left, and they didn't leave until they had this book in their hands. And I managed to find an original copy from a, a, a library, it a, got it through interlibrary loan. And what you can see is that it is um, first class paper, first class editing, first class printing, and first class binding. This is still the original binding that's, that, that, that's uh, on this book. Uh, and you can see it was published in 1933 in Madras, uh, India. And it's a big book, it's like some 700 pages. It was the projected volume one, there was supposed to be three volumes. Uh, the second volume was not published until about 10 years ago by the Gaudiya Mission, and the third volume was uh, uh, apparently never written. So, uh, the author, this Nishikant Sanyal, uh, he was Bhaktisiddhanta's right-hand man for English language uh, preaching. His initiated name was Narayan Das, but they always used Nishikant Sanyal because uh, so they could put professor of history at Ravenshaw College after his name. It's an English language college in, in, in Kutuk, uh, where he uh, taught history, his MA in history. So he was uh, worked very closely with Bhakti Siddhanta. He was also the uh, the other fam uh, major English language uh, work was the harmonist. We'll talk about that a little later. Uh, so this is, uh, when you read this book, uh, you'll see that it was intended for a very educated uh, 
sophisticated audience. It was aimed very high in the social scale. And the book was also uh, printed in such a way as to be an impressive book uh, uh, for, for people. Uh, so then in 1933, the, the three devotees, Ban Maharaj, there in the turban, uh, together, he was the main preacher. With, with him was Kirtha Maharaj, Bhaktisiddhanta's first sannyas disciple, who was actually initiated by Bhaktivinoda Thakur. And Samdhidananda, who Samdhidananda got a, eventually got a PhD, was sent to get a PhD at the University of uh, London. So they, they brought this book with them. And uh, you can see they're always asking for send more, send more uh, uh, copies of it. Prabhupada also approved of this book early on. Uh, there's a letter to Brahmananda. Uh, where he says, uh, I am glad to learn that Donald has purchased Professor Sanyal's book, Krishna Chaitanya. Late Professor N.K. Sanyal was my godbrother, and his book, Krishna Chaitanya, is approved and authoritative. Keep it very carefully, and we may publish in Back to Godhead some articles from the book, which they did. It will help us a great deal because my spiritual master has given his approval to this book. Please keep it carefully, and when I return, I shall see it. So, this was Prabhupada's uh, opinion about this book. Um, uh, and then, it is in this book that we see, in a very prominent way, the title, Founder Acharya. This very particular, uh, hyphenated, English-Sanskrit hybrid compound, Founder Acharya. It, 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 here, here it is. Uh, at the beginning of this chapter, uh, in, in the section, uh, before you get to Lord Chaitanya, you go through 175 pages of preliminary stuff to prepare the way. And there's a whole section called the history of atheism. Then another section called the history of theism. And then within that history of theism section, we come to this chapter 7, the founder of Charles. You notice how it's exactly the way Prabhupada used it. The contribution of Vishnu Swami, Nimaditya, or, or Nimbarka, another name, Ramanuja and Madhva, the founder Acharyas of the four Vaishnava communities, Sampradayas, of the present day, to the cause of theism are so valuable and so necessary to know for a proper understanding of the theological position of Sri Chaitanya, that we shall close our brief survey of the historical trend of theistic thought with a short account of the systems of the four great Vaishnava Acharyas who preceded Sri Chaitanya. So this is why it's necessary to understand Lord Chaitanya. You have to understand the founder of Acharyas. And then, uh, we, from this book, they give the characteristic uh, activities of the founder Acharyas. They, first of all, they give uh, understandings of Vedanta that defeat other interpretations, especially, of course, the Mayavada uh, uh, of, of, of Shankaracharya. 
Then they, they revive and they reform the community and endow, endow it with a, a signature style of action and, and behavior. And each one of them preaches the view of the what he calls the original prehistoric teachers. Because the origin of the Sampradayas are in prehistoric uh, 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 times. Uh, here they are. Uh, they are Rudra, Chatushana, the four Kumaras, the four Samas, Lakshmi and Brahma. These are the what they call the original historic teachers. He said they they taught the theistic Vedanta in, in prehistoric times. So these are the, the where the, it begins. They directly received uh, uh, teachings from the Lord, from, from Krishna or Avatar of Krishna, and then they uh, passed it on. And then we get the uh, four founder acharyas for the Iron Age. So obviously the tradition has been somehow passed down, but then in Kali Yuga there was a necessity to transmit this tradition, uh, to retrofit it, uh, to uh, so that it would be. Uh, and so here, uh, there's Vishnu Swami with the Shiva Dwaita, Nimbarka with the Dwaita, Dwaita Ramanuja, Vishista Dwaita, and Sri Madhva with their Dwaita. These are the four founder acharyas. This is where it shows up. By the way, I should mention. When I encountered this, then I then I said, "Wow, you know, this is like a very, very big position. It's just not everybody walking around can be a founder of Charya. They have to. Seems that this was they restricted this term. This was their term of art used for these four people. So it's a very big title. Then uh, the four founder acharyas, of course, uh, what 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 it tells to understand Lord Chaitanya, you have to understand his philosophy of achincha veda veda tattva, which harmonizes and synthesizes and fulfills the uh, teachings of the four founder acharyas. They, 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 the four founder acharyas, as uh, uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur uh, explains in the Navadita Mahatmya, paved the way. They each contribute something uh, that Lord Chaitanya took and put together in this uh, Achincha Beta Beta Tattva. Then uh, in Sri Krishna Chaitanya, here's their. This is uh, uh, describing them in the intro. In the you see this is from the table of contents here. Uh, uh, the systems of Sri Vishnu Swami, Sri Nimbaditya, Sri Ramanuja, and Sri Madhva mark the revival of Vaishnavism traceable to the pre-historic records. They embody the founder acharyas the reverential worship of Vishnu. Their secondary value consists in being an uncompromising protest against the opinions of the speculative creeds. 
chiefly Shankaracharya, also Buddhism is included, in the history of atheism. Shankaracharya is included in the history of atheism, by the way. Their spiritual synthesis, although sound, is incomplete. But that's a very succinct summary. Yeah, they had something that's true, but it wasn't really complete. It's not completed until Lord Chaitanya uh, appears. So, when Lord Chaitanya appears, of course, in a sense you, you, you have a revelation, again by Krishna, but this time the, the primordial revelation takes place in historical time, where the Lord appears as Bhakta Rupa, in the form of a devotee. And so, the one who he gave the teachings to, the counterparts to the uh, prehistorical teachers would be, well, principally the, 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 the six Goswamis, uh, and also, of course, other Swarupdhamadhar. But these are the ones who directly received the teachings from Mahaprabhu. And then the founder Acharya is here, Srila Prabhupada. that he is the counterpart to those founder Acharyas. Now we want to look into uh, the next question, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, and the time term founder Acharya. Uh, because when uh, we cannot find, I could not find anywhere, uh, that Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur formally took on the title founder Acharya. If you look through the, the uh, it never appears on the letterheads or the publications, and his title was actually eventually President Acharya. He's, he was the president of the Vishwa Vaishnava Raj Sabha. Uh, he was the Acharya of all the Gaudiya Vaishnavas, and gradually they made this hyphenated President Acharya. But he was never referred to officially as the founder of Charya, the Gaudiya Mat, or something like that. Nevertheless, uh, we find in two places in the Harmonist, the Harmonist is their English language magazine, where the founder of Charya is used to refer to Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. Even though it was not his title, two places. He's called that way, and for me the inescapable conclusion is the title was being prepared for him. Uh, we'll get to that. So here, this is where we see it in reference to Bhakti Siddhanta, and it occurs in a very, very interesting uh, place. The first time is in the 1930 uh, uh, issues of the Harmonist first place where it appeared. The Harmonist um, was started in 1927. Actually, it was a continuation of Sajanatoshini. Sajanatoshini, you may remember, was actually, st the journal started by Bhaktivinoda Thakur, was the major instrument of his preaching uh, in Bengal. And it was a Bengali language uh, publication. So Bhakti Siddhanta 
took this flagship publication of his predecessor, Anapagodiama, and changed it into an English-language uh, journal. They said the Harmonist is a rough translation of Sajinatoshi. Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur was the editor. He always appears as the editor. And even in the, in the pages of the Harmonist, when they're telling about Bhaktisiddhanta's activities, reporting on his activities, it says, editor arrived at, at Kutak and gave some initiations. Editor went here, the editor did this, the editor did that. So he's quite, quite uh, that was his, that designated him. Although Nishikant Sanyal was the primary writer and the de facto editor. Prabhupada refers to him as the editor of the, uh, the, the Harman, because obviously Bhaktisiddhanta was very busy with many things. So, so, so this was the very close relationship between himself and Nishikant Sanyal for, especially for English language preaching. So in, this, in the October, starting with October, uh, 1930. There was a big event in 1930, and that was the opening of the Bhagbazar Temple, which that Bhagbazar Temple was called the Godiamat. The Calcutta Temple was the Godiamat, was its name. <coughs> and then uh, there was a, a, a Jagat Bandhu, a, a very uh, wealthy uh, merchant who became a disciple of Bhaktisiddhanta and who funded this temple. This is the big marble temple you can see uh, in, in, in there. And it was their headquarters for world preaching because Calcutta was a world city. Up until 1914, it had been the headquarters of the British Raj in the east. Uh, and, and so the Calcutta the citizens, uh, those who were the, especially the, the educated middle class, thought of themselves as part of something big. It was the beginning of, well not the beginning, but a big step in globalism uh, uh, here. So that's why this was going to be their headquarters for world preaching. They referred to the uh, Calcutta, the temple here, as a, a temple in the modern urban environment. So this was a big thing for them. And so to commemorate uh, this, uh, part of the uh, job of commemorating this opening of this temple was uh, the 1930 issue uh, called, three parts actually, starting in October 1930, the issue was in, this article was in three parts, three issues, called the Godia Mat, meaning initially that temple in Calcutta. What is the significance and meaning of this temple? And there, we find in this article with Bhakti Siddhanta, it, it, it's an untitled and unsigned article, which meant it had editorial force, and it's clearly written by Nishikant Sanyal. And so, here we see, I'll just take one page, you can see one page from the article. He's describing the Godiamat, and he's describing the whole institution. And here he says, the Godiamat is also identical with its founder, Acharya. But here he uses this term to refer to Bhaktisiddhanta, say it's what he Then he goes on, the associates, the followers, and abode of his divine grace are limbs of himself. 
Prabhupada used the same image of limbs to describe his relationship with his own disciples later. None of them, none of the limbs, claimed to be anything but a fully subordinate limb of the single individual. And so anyway, they, they're gone. So this is where it shows up, the founder Acharya. And it, the, here you begin to get the idea of his being the soul of the institution, because all the followers and limbs or parts are extensions of the founder Acharya. And as we will see, uh, this uh, in this article, this is part of a, 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 an ecclesiology. Uh, this is a word that we haven't used much in this or ever. Uh, but I recognized uh, in, in this uh, uh, description of the Gaudiya Mat uh, what's called an ecclesiology. Uh, uh, ecclesiology uh, is that branch of theology which deals with the spiritual constitution and function of the church. Ecclesia is a Greek word. Uh, uh, originally as a regularly convoked assembly uh, when they, all the Athenian citizens were to get together that was called an ecclesia and then when Christianity came in they picked up this word and used it for church uh, and so we have these words like ecclesiastical, this adjective a bishop is an ecclesiastical office and so on but there's also this idea of how how does a religious institution function in the world? What is the relationship of the church or the religious institution to God? What is its relationship to the world? How does it save people? How does it deliver souls? All these things are now part of the idea of ecclesiology, the theology of the religious institution. And so in this 1930 har harmonist, we find uh, an actual... Uh, ecclesiology and it also it was part of that is the explanation of the relationship between the Sri Chaitanya Mat in Mayapur and the Gaudiya Mat in Calcutta in fact this is one of its central concerns because here between these two temples you have the big split that happened in the, in the Gaudiya Mat after Bhaktisiddhanta's left it was already started because Mayapur, this article, wants they want to make it very clear, this is the parent mat. It's always described that way, and they list the temples in, in, in the harmonist, the parent mat, uh, the root, uh, the main central branch, uh, is, is the Mayapur temple called the Sri Chaitanya Mat. It's down past the yoga pit, you must have been Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Samadhi is there. That's the parent mat. And the Gaudiya mat in Calcutta is its expansion in the modern urban environment. All the others are its branches. And they're very, very, very important to them uh, that this uh, be understood. And uh, this is the place this, uh, where the Chaitanya mat is, where Bhaktisiddhanta uh, mostly stayed to chant a billion names before starting his preaching effort. He chanted 192 rounds a day from 1905 to 1914. 
uh, and then uh, here he took sannyas in 1918. So this was their, their and then they branched off. Uh, so this always remained uh, in their ecclesiology the the central uh, mod. Uh, so here's what it says in the harmonist about this. They say the Gaudiya mod that is in Calcutta is the principal branch of Sri Chaitanya mod of Sri Dhammayapur. The distinction between the Gaudiya mod and Sri Chaitanya mod is all analogous to that between one lamp lighted by another. That's a very pregnant analogy because that comes from the Brahma Samhita describing the relationship between Krishna and his expansions. Uh, and so there's an idea of non-difference built into this. The Gaudiya Mat is the expansion of the Chaitanya Mat in a visible form into the heart of the world. Sri Chaitanya Mat is eternally located as the original source. Notice that language. Eternally located as the original source. Even when it is manifested to the view of the people of this world in the transcendental environment of the eternal abode of the divinity. In other words, that Mat is in the spiritual world. In Gopal. In the Swaita Dweep, Lord Chaitanya has his pastimes in the spiritual world. That's where it is. And it's there, and that's where it's eternally located uh, with the founder Acharya. And then is manifested down here. As my, because they insist that this is the Paramount, it's because it's in Mayapur, uh, not simply because Lord Chaitanya appeared in Mayapur but that Mayapur is the descendant of spiritual realm. <coughs> so how does this apply to this guy? Well, when, as soon as possible, Prabhupada acquired land in Mayapur. He tried very early on, 69, uh, and was being blocked in various ways from doing it by some of his godbrothers, unfortunately. But when he finally acquired land, uh, as soon as possible, which turned out to be 1972, he was planning 71, couldn't quite make it, but 72, he installed foundation stone, the Ananda Shesha, for a temple in Mayapur. Uh, and you so notice here this very early sign at that time? It, it, it's the International Center. In Mayapur. And at that time, you came to Mayapur and it was a dirt road and nothing but cane fields and rice fields. And they called it the International Center. When we came to the early pilgrimages, what is this place? Because Prabhupada wanted this to be the we're international headquarters, then world headquarters, it became world headquarters. This is where the GBC would meet. And we just couldn't understand why here? You know, why not someplace where you have telephones? But anyway, this, is, this was his plan. So he got that land as soon as possible. He wanted that land. And as soon as possible, he installed, started the temple really by putting the foundation stone in. So he also had this understanding of a central temple in the Holy Dom. And that is now, of course, in process of manifestation, the 
temple of a Vedic planetarium. Like the Chaitanya Mat, for us, the temple of the Vedic planetarium is our central root temple. And all the other uh, are entrance ways to a path that leads here, and this is a path like the Godhead it shows. This is, so this ecclesiology, we can see now that Prabhupada used it for ISKCON. And uh, that's what it shows. The structure shows basically this is the universe as it's seen by enlightened people. And, and, and it shows how when you look at the universe in connection, in its relationship to Krishna, it's you see the path back to Godhead. The galleys on the side show the journey of Gopal Kumar and the Brihat Bhagavatam Rita. So this is like the, the, the portal, the stargate to the spiritual world uh, here in Mayapur. And Prabhupada, a, a, as the founder Charya Viscon, he's, he's the guardian of this path. As it turned out, we in the GBC, we were, had different locations for this temple we kept trying to build. And where it ended up is it ended up right with his samadhi uh, beside the entrance and so there he is in his, his samadhi uh, as the guardian of the path back to Godhead and the entrances to this path are spread all over the world through ISKCON and in each of our temples there's a Vyasasana with Srila Prabhupada there presiding also as the person who created the path guards the path and uh, sustains the path That's, so that ecclesiology is there in, in the book it's developed a little more fully than I can do here in this uh, wow amount, amount of time I have here so uh, so then the second appearance of Founder Charya is in the 1936 Harmonist uh, this is this appeared in, uh, just uh, a month before Bhakti Siddhanta left this world. Uh, this article was uh, signed by Nishikant Sanyal. Uh, and, and in the article, the, the spiritual head of the Gaudiya Math. And he says here, the Gaudiya Math is the instrument and counterpart of his divine grace, Paramahamsa Parigrajakacharya Sri Sriman Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Goswami Maharaj it lives, moves, and has its being in the founder of Acharya. Uh, and there he's got uh, Bhakti Siddhanta designated with a capital F, hyphen, capital A, founder of Acharya. Lives, moves, and has its being is a quotation from the Christian scriptures. Actually, it's taken from there. Uh, uh, where it refers to God in whom we live, move, and have our being. So this is uh, how it appears again uh, there. So Bhakti Siddhanta was planning to go to the West. He had a temple there. There was a missionaries were in 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 in, uh, in London. He had money from the Maharaja Tripura to build a temple there. 
but then he had a falling out with Ban Maharaj, his main preacher. They had some disagreement. Ban Maharaj later did a 10-year penance, formal penance uh, for this. Uh, Bhakti Siddhanta recalled him. Uh, he wrote to the Maharaja Chapur not to give him any more money. Uh, and uh, then, of course, uh, soon after, then then Bhakti Siddhanta passed away, and the Gaudiya Mat split, and so uh, their preachings became they lost their force. One thing I got from reading the Har- Har- the Harmonist is just how much power the Gaudiya Mat had, starting really with their their going on uh, uh, in, in 1918. They spread all over India with incredible energy. Uh, they were exuberantly expansive. They had his mood of going. Going to the West was the next step. Bhakti Siddhanta had plans to go to, to the West itself and then to America. Uh, and all that's kind of stopped very abruptly. And I, I, one thing I got from reading all, all of this was the depth of Srila Prabhupada's disappointment at what happened after Bhakti Siddhanta left. But the seeds were there in 1930. People beginning to spend more time uh, in selfish interests and losing their ability uh, to cooperate. So basically what happened is, is, is things got stopped uh, in the 1930s, the, the growth. Uh, and when Prabhupada came to the West, he basically started up just where Bhakti Siddhanta said what he left off. Uh, he just picked it up again. And this time he's all by himself. But what you can understand from this is how carefully Prabhupada studied Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, how carefully he studied the Gaudiyamad, and how much he used this as the model for what he was doing. Because he was the servant, and he really, really followed the master. So, for example, you, we saw how the harmonists really started English language preaching in 1927. So, in 1944, Prabhupada starts writing a magazine in English, uh, Back to Godhead. Uh, he followed in, in, in that way. And then, uh, uh, also, before coming to the West, he had English language books prepared. All this time, without the resources of the Gaudiya Mat, by himself, he had three uh, volumes of Srimad Bhagavatam with him, and he had a trunk full of them uh, uh, when, he, when he came uh, to America. Uh, and of course, he had the international headquarters in Mayapur. And one thing he did that Bhakti Siddhanta didn't quite manage to get to governing body commission. Uh, in his uh, last days, uh, Bhakti Siddhanta wanted a governing body commission. Uh, he, he dictated his will. It was taken by, down by Bhakti Pramod Maharaj. Uh, uh, we we have the document actually in the Bhakti Vedanta Research Center. The original document of that will is there. That he wanted a GBC, and as we know, it it, it never uh, happened. 
Prabhupada started one very early on. He started talking about it in 1969, 1972. Uh, the GBC began. So that's what Prabhupada did there. So this is what Prabhupada did. And how he saw, thought of himself. He did it uh, as this prana mantra, as Saraswata Deva. He's a, you can't see the diet, we don't have diacritics in this part, but he's a Saraswata. This is a patronymic. Uh, uh, Prabhupada's prana mantra that, that, that he had to write for us Namaste Saraswata uh, Deva, the uh, uh, spiritual master who is the Saraswata is a it means son or servant of Saraswati. There's a standard way in Sanskrit of making a, a patronymic, uh, just like in, in, you know Ivanovich in, in Russian or McDonald in Irish ways of saying son of somebody. So this is a similar way in Sanskrit. Uh, he's the he's the son of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati. So in his Bhakti Siddhanta's name. He is uh, doing this. Uh, uh, and so, when he takes on this title, Founder Acharya, he's just doing what Bhakti Siddhanta, he's continuing as the Bhakti Siddhanta's mission. Because we find out that Prabhupada, uh, in the second issue of Back to Godhead magazine, that I Founder Acharya term is there. It appears a few times, and then it, takes, it becomes regularized. But it was very important to Srila Prabhupada. Uh, so he does this because he's doing, and what does he do? He, what the founder Charyas do, first of all, he spreads uh, theism, uh, Krishna consciousness, uh, here in the Western countries. And what does he defeat? The speculative creeds, Nirvishesha and Shunyavada. I mean, the first people, one of the first Indians he uh, ran across in New York City was Swami Nikolananda, who was running the Ramakrishna Mission in New York City. They were already there. Uh, so he's doing this as the, as the servant, as the representative of Bhakti Siddhanta. So then we have another question. Why did Prabhupada, if he's so much of a servant in continuing his mission, why a new organization? Why ISKCON, of which he was the founder? Why didn't he discontinue? Because a lot of his godbrothers really held this against him. But the record shows, actually, that when Prabhupada arrived in America, when he was practically when he, all by himself, he began to make an every effort to work together with his godbrothers. There's a whole lot of letters. This is to uh, a letter from Bhakti Vilas Tirtha Maharaj. He was the one who was in charge of the uh, Sri Chaitanya Mahatma Mayapur and who was the first one to decide he was the next Acharya. But Prabhupada personally held him responsible for the start of the breakup, unfortunately. Anyway, but, but, but Prabhupada wrote to Bhakti Vilas Tirtha Maharaj. So he's November of 65. I just got to New York City. So here is a chance of cooperation between us, and I shall be glad to know if you are ready for this cooperation. I came here to study the situation, and I find it very nice. And if you are also agreeable to cooperate with it, it will, with it, I guess with me, it will be all very nice by the will of Srila Prabhupada. If you agree, 
than taking for granted that I am one of the workers of Sri Mayapur Chaitanya Mahati. So he was first, he was going to go on in this way. Same letter, if possible, join with our other God brothers and let us make an effort combinedly to preach the cult of Gorhari in every city and village of the western of the western countries. If you agree to cooperate with me, as I have suggested above, then I shall extend my visa period, otherwise I shall return to India, as you said in this letter in November. If that is possible, then you will see how our beloved Srila Prabhupada will be satisfied on all of us. I think we shall all forget now the past fratricidal war and now come forward for a good cause. If they are not agreeable, then do it yourself and I am at your service. Though there's many letters like this uh, uh, that uh, we see this uh, attempt. Uh, uh, and this was not successful. It simply didn't uh, pan out. And, but this theme of cooperation runs all throughout Prabhupada's work. Then later, letter to one of his disciples, the test of our actual dedication and sincerity to serve the spiritual master will be in this mutual cooperative spirit to push on this movement and not to make factions and deviate. Well, this is a very, very important uh, point. And then, of course, in Tamal Krishna's diary, he says, Srila Prabhupada, emphasize your love for me will be tested how after my departure you maintain this institution. Uh, and Bhakti Chiruswami was in the room when, when Prabhupada said this, uh, and, and he reports it. Our real love for him will be shown by how he cooperate with each other to continue his mission. So the cooperation themes there uh, from the and then Prabhupada says this, when you do something in cooperation with the Lord, that is called bhakti. Bhakti is cooperation. Uh, Sankirtan means cooperation. It means serving together. Sam means, it intensifies. The idea of cooperating, what Bhakti Siddhanta did, was to create a unified institution. After the Gaudiya Ma broke up, Prabhupada's godbrothers were preaching, they were making devotees, they were practicing Krishna consciousness, but they lost the power of cooperation where your effort becomes multiplied. And if you care for the conditioned souls, you will cooperate, because you'll be able to do a lot more together than you can uh, uh, separately. Uh, So Prabhupada had said, so let me just summarize these points so far. So the, the term uh, founder acharya was originally used uh, for the four sampradaya acharyas. The title signifies someone who defeats other interpretations of Vedanta revives and reforms the community and has its own, gives it its own signature style, preaches the view of the prehistorical teachers. Uh, uh, so we see with Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Tagur uh, that, that he didn't formally use the title, but he's referred to that way in the harmonist. And then when Srila Prabhupada took up his mission and saw that that it would had a foothold and that was likely to go on in the West, he himself took that title 
and to fulfill the mission of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. It was a new organization. Well, we can ask questions. I can go back to that later. ISKCON was started only after uh, uh, many efforts uh, to attempt cooperation, and he founded it to fulfill Bhakti Siddhanta's uh, mission. Now, if we, and there's a great deal of detail in the book, of course, it's just a short ride and a fast machine here. So, how will, what will be the benefits for us to understand Prabhupada's position? Uh, there'll be, uh, first of all, the perpetuation of Prabhupada's mercy. Generation after generation will be enabled to receive a special mercy offered by Srila Prabhupada. The path back to Godhead he opened will become ever increasingly uh, traveled. We should understand that the implication of Founder Acharya is that he's the soul of ISKCON. He's not somebody in the past. A previous Acharya long gone, he's here. This institution, is, he's still the soul of ISKCON. He's actually as much present now as he was in the beginning. And we can all discover that for ourselves. Another outcome is that his position as preeminent Shiksha Guru will become fixed. By taking full shelter of Srila Prabhupada as Shiksha Guru in his Vani manifestation, his manifestation in his words, all teachers in ISKCON on various levels of advancement will be able to authentically convey Srila Prabhupada's real teaching, thus give, giving proper guidance, shelter, and protection uh, to everyone. The integrity and, universe, uh, and unity of ISKCON will be secured. His active presence in this way will secure the unity and the integrity of ISKCON. He is the center point. Uh, and uh, furthermore, uh, our, his, ISKCON's teaching will remain consistent over space and time. Srila Prabhupada's realized knowledge endowing him with the specific potency to spread Krishna consciousness will not only be preserved, this is the next slide, will not only be preserved, but also developed. That will also happen. Uh, Prabhupada's books will offer fresh direction and insight. His books will remain central to us for they contain insights and directions that await future developments to be realized. Every time you read Prabhupada's books, you will find something new and relevant that you didn't notice before. Uh, finally, uh, Srila Prabhupada's eyes will always remain the lens through which all future generations see our predecessor charyas. Thank you. Do we have questions, comments? Yes, Prabhu. Thank you for a wonderful presentation. This is Pranava Prabhu. He's a 
wrote a doctoral dissertation on Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati, published by Oxford University Press. I learned a lot from him, too. <laughs> Like, uh, Maybe we should pass this mic around. And there's another mic for passing. Okay. Uh, thank you. Uh, it seems to be, as you presented, a two sense of the word founder Acharya. The one relating to the historical Acharyas mm -hmm. and then as mm -hmm. Bhaktisiddhanta. Uh, so it seems to me that uh, in the sense of Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati's uh, understanding, the way Nishikanta Sanyal used it yeah, to refer to Bhaktisiddhanta, yeah. is like um, a term that came quite later and referred to the Gaudimant, the fact that he founded, is a founder, Acharya, mm -hmm. of this new institution. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about, uh, in the sense that you present Prabhupada as founder Acharya, do you mean both senses, of like referring to the historical Acharyas and the founder Acharya of the movement, or mainly referring to the new movements. Can you explain how? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I understand your uh, question. Uh, yeah. um, but what, what, what my understanding is, he's analogous to the four founder Acharyas, because when you, in a sense, when Lord Chaitanya comes, he, he, it starts things all over again in a way because, because he gives a, a revelation that hasn't really been apparent. And Lord Chaitanya, uh, what he does is, is with his teachings, he, you know, in the, in, in the Navadita Mahatya, all of these, the, the Bhaktivinoda tells how each Lord Chaitanya appeared to each of the founder Acharyas and said, You will contribute something. So, in, 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 a, in a sense, uh, he's like them, but the, 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 in a sense, it goes back only as far as Lord Chaitanya and, and, and the six Goswamis. Uh, so, there's, a, there's some consideration about this in the book. Uh, it's not exactly that Prabhupada starts a new Sampradaya, because we've already joined with the Madhva Sampradaya. But on, on the other hand, why did Baladev Vijayabhushana write a, uh, a, a Vedanta Sutta commentary to show that we were also us? Because we are, in one sense, we're a separate community. But uh, as we see it, it's the fulfillment of all the other four founder acharyas in, in with following Lord Chaitanya. Okay. I'm sorry I interrupted you when you That's were okay. saying. I just, I just had time consideration. Yes, I know. <laughs> I just wanted to go back to see the other points because I'm making notes. Mm -hmm. So I think this was one of the most important things. Which one was it? Um, the three definitions of foundation. Oh, defeat other interpretations of, of Vedanta. All, all of them defeat Mayavad philosophy and Buddhism and several other things in their, their understanding. Of course, Shankaracharya was defeating Buddhism himself, so you have to go next one. Then revives and reforms the community and endows it with their signature style. Some are more on preaching, some are more on deity worship, but they have their own way you can recognize them. And they, they preach the view of that original uh, prehistorical teacher. 
Those are the three things. Thank you. Um, I heard uh, critics about Chopard, not from Iskwan, um, that Chopard stole the title founder of Shaya and also Chopard from his spiritual master. How, how to uh, respond to such a critic? Well, as you, as you see, Bhakti Siddhanta was never actually had the title to begin with. As I said, it's, it's clear to me it was being prepared for him. When he would have gone to the West and established the movement in the West, then he would have accepted the title founder Charya. So I don't think Prabhupada stole it, I think he inherited it. That's what I think happened. They'll have different things. But Bhakti Sananda never quite took it. Because it, it, it just got baffled by what was happening in his own, own movement. I mean, uh, I, I, Prabhupada told us that Bhakti Siddhanta didn't have to leave his body, but he left out of disappointment. That was his judgment. He accepted it or not, but that's what that that was his his take on it. Yeah. Yeah. The term Tamil Shaya is that the translation of some previously accepted Sanskrit term, and in that case, which term is it? Uh, I, I can't find them. There, there is things that you see uh, in, in the Brihad Bhagavatamrita. There's Pravartika Acharya, but in that case, it's used by Lord Brahma. Uh, uh, and there's some Stapakacharya, which you see all in all the signs in, in India. Uh, uh, but I really, uh, uh, yeah. So, so uh, uh, you you don't really see it used in the exact way it's it, it's being used here. So they may have taken something, you know. Uh, I, I I tried to I asked Prajumna, you know, where did it come from and. Was it a translation of something and he didn't remember? But my, my guess is, uh, this is a, a spec, that, that Prabhupada just started because the founder of Charya, that, that, in, in that form was already there in, in, in the Gaudiya Mat. And Prabhupada knew very well. He just used it in that way and then when they needed uh, something to put in, the, in India, in the Hindi or something, they, they used uh, some Stapakacharyas and translated it back into Sanskrit. That's, that's what I, but I, I some more investigation may find some, something more out about this. Yeah. Prabhu, you had a question? I'm just uh, adding something that on the memories of Prabhupada, there is some commentary that Prabhupada sometimes has said that Shlabhaksidata uh, Saraswata was planning to go to the West and stay preaching for at least 10 years in the West. And to me, it's just striking that Prabhupada stayed for a little more than 11 years preaching yeah. the West. So, uh, be, I, I'd be interested to find that quotation. I don't, I don't know it. Uh, uh, I, I, you know, I found it in the harmonist the idea that Bhakti Siddhanta was going to go to the West. He was making plans, but uh, I don't, I don't know where, how long he was planning to stay, and that he was going to go to America too. You know, I, I, let me just say one. Yeah, go ahead. Why don't you, just in response to that, it's going to be a following Prabhupada DVD series mm-hmm. where Tripurari Maharaj quotes Sridhar Maharaj as saying. Oh, so that's where it comes from. 
That's from Srila Maharaj. Okay, so that's probably a good test, valid testimony. He's planning to stay for 10 years. 10 years, 10 years. By the way, there's another thing I, I would like to point out, that Krishna is in charge of timing. I mean, when the preachers went to the West in 1933, something else happened. That, that, that Hitler was appointed Chancellor of Germany and the Reichstag gave him the dictatorial powers by the end of the year. All hell was literally about to break loose. And when Prabhupada came to the West, he came at just the right time. He just, so Krishna's in charge of timing, so some, you know, maybe there needed to be a break anyway because of what was going to happen. So, so that's, that's the other thing. Uh, there's an unseen hand of the Supreme at this working behind too in all of this. Anything else? What other questions or comments? Actually, the Nazis tried to use their for their term audience. Yeah, they were interested, yeah. Yeah. Did you, didn't you say this? That uh, they were, um, the Pakistan actually tried to refute that or something like that? Well, yeah. In the, they were received in Germany. In fact, the German scholars appreciated uh, the, the devotees much better than the English. Uh, they got a better reception in the universities. But at the same time, you read this from the harmonist. This year, we are celebrating the Puja for Srila Prabhupada in Berlin, and here Dr. Goebbels has kindly agreed to inaugurate the affair. So that kind of <laughs> takes you back a little bit for here Dr. Goebbels. Uh, <laughs> doing it, but but he was in charge of cultural uh, matters. I mean, that was some, he was the propaganda ministry, right? So they were they were looking at it, but in the harmonist, uh, there was an article, kind of uh, discreetly done, uh, but uh, saying basically that what's going on in Germany is just another materialistic scheme and doesn't have anything spiritual about it. That's what they, they basically was their take on that. The uh, National Socialism uh, philosophy. I just wanted to thank you, Ramesh for drafting this particular document. Thank you. I'm really grateful to you. I just couldn't put this uh, book down when I started reading it. Oh, really? Okay, that's good. I mean, it's, yes, it's, it's a page turner. <laughs> Anything else? Yeah? Yeah. Um, thank you. I just wanted to, you know, just, it's so nice on paper, but like in the good old days when Shubha Prabhupada was the soul of his come, like you said, it was it was a big family and, and it was cooperation plus. But now we're we're facing my guru and your guru <laughs> and it's like factions and it's very painful to see it. But if we see that just like what you're saying, Prabhupada is for the next ten thousand years everyone is a guru. Like someone was saying that your guru <laughs> meaning Shiva Prabhupada, but Shiva Prabhupada is everyone's guru. That's right. So, so this is designed to, to, you know, 
read the book, understand it. If it gets around, then we'll come together. That's the point. I hope it works. Pray for us. <laughs> uh, Anu has a Okay. With the emphasis on understanding Prabhupada's position is preeminent, Siksha Guru, is there not also a risk of people sometimes misunderstanding and thinking that there is not an imperative to continue with the Diksha Guru of disciples, that we will have a multi guru society? And then, if you just said, I think you simplified it, Pri Prabhupada's everyone's guru means he's everyone's Siksha Guru, he's not initiating guru. So, how do we avoid that risk of people misinterpreting what you just said and swinging way back the other side? As we know, there are a few uh, deviant groups, if I could be so bold, who are preaching like that. Yes, of course. Uh, what, what, I, what we try to do in this book is, is to present the balanced way. Prabhupada did not turn our movement into the Sikhs. Where there's no more, more gurus, so we, we need we need a, a guru parampara to continue. But as founder acharya, Prabhupada is firmly fixed in the center as everyone's preeminent shiksha guru, and, and as our devotion to our own initiating guru or other shiksha gurus increases, so should our devotion to the Prabhupada. And this is what we hope to achieve. Well, with time is up now. Thank you very much for your kind attention.